My name is Ryan Miller, and for the past 15 years, I've helped hundreds of people to raise millions of dollars for their funds and for their startups. If you're serious about raising money, launching your business, or taking your life to the next level, this show will give you the answers so that you too can enjoy your pursuit of making billions. Let's get into it. We all love movies, right? These massive artistic projects delighting fans and families around the world is an important part of connecting as human beings. But did you also know that there are key people that work their tails off just to bring all of that joy to you? Well, my next guest is Mary Allo, and she is one of those key people. Mary is the producer of Allo Entertainment. Her work has gone on to result in some of the most iconic movies of our lifetime. Join Mary and I as we discuss what it took to rise to the top of one of the most cutthroat industries in the world and how she structures financing around it. Building financing plans, attracting investors, and executing on successful projects are all skills we need in our pursuit of making billions. Here we go. Hey, welcome to another episode of Making Billions. I'm your host, Ryan Miller. And today I have my dear friend, Mary Allo. Mary is the producer of Allo Entertainment. Her work has gone on to produce a massive catalog of movies for the last three decades. So what this means is that Mary is a pro that understands the finance industry and what is required to win in one of the most cutthroat industries out there. So Mary's going to get on and tell us all about what it takes to produce the movies in this industry, and uh, what's required to win in this sector. So Mary, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. I'm excited to be here. I love what you're doing. And um, not three decades, but yeah. I've definitely been doing about 22, 23 years of films. And that's culminated in about 41, 42 movies. And this year, we're setting a record of doing six movies. Yes, we can. Um, and we've got several movies coming out. Generally, um, our Allo Entertainment, we do about four to five a year. But this year we said, OK, we're going to do six. And the exciting thing is that for the first time, we're actually um, doing some of the movies that I co-wrote with my writing partner, T.M. Hayes. Yeah. Uh, one is starting in Budapest in, in uh, called Bird's Eye in March. And then I can tell you we're in pre-production right now with Anthony Hopkins Ireland. I'm up in the Hollywood Hills at the moment, but um, in uh, Ireland, we've just started pre-production with Anthony Hopkins. He's playing Sigmund Freud and Matthew Good is playing C.S. Lewis about the existence of God, which is good. I'm I'm a big faith-based girl. That's with Sony. So lots to tell you, and I'm excited about your questions. We can see these, these wonderful things and all these amazing things that you've done, and they are absolutely amazing. I think a lot of our fans around the world, we've got almost 100 countries that are listening to this show, I'm sure a lot of them, myself included, is how did you get into this industry and, and where did it start for you? Right. Well, we all have different paths, right? <laughs> I think there's sure. a cookie cutter. And I hate to say it, but I'm a college dropout. But I'll say it. <laughs> um, I I went to SMU first year and then went to USC. And of course, my mom was very unhappy at the time. My soulmate, best friend. Uh, but I went to work. But what I will say is if you have the opportunity and the funding or family or support or you got it on a scholarship, go to college because it's great. But it's not a requirement unless you want to be an agent, go to Harvard, Brown, Syracuse, whatever. But you're still going to start in the mailroom there, though. (laughs) So for me, I got to work 
And um, when what does that mean? It means I started doing television, uh, unscripted, before it was called reality, uh, a lot of news magazines and talk shows. I moved to New York for a little while and did, you know, Geraldo and things like that. And I kind of can laugh about it now and, and the things that happened at that show. And I, I ended up leaving there and coming back to producing news magazine shows at Paramount and some other places. But what it did give me is this incredible background of real life stories. Every morning, uh, us producers were given territories and Florida and Texas were some of mine, which was a hotbed for all these real life crazy stories. And I became sort of a life rights specialist. And the first movie that I got, it became one of the biggest bidding wars in history for a TV movie. I ended up doing it with Columbia TriStar and NBC. The movie's okay. We did it so fast, but they, from beginning to end, we had it on the air in six months. Too fast. It's not that great. Yeah. But we've got a half a million dollars for that first movie. I split with a partner. I'm like, well, this is easy. Not. And that was about an Iranian princess fell in love with a U.S. Marine and he smuggled her to America on a plane and it caused an international incident. And thus began my move into wanting to do movies. And the next project I did was about runaways in New York and then so on and so on. But I still love doing the real life story. And we could talk more about that, but I want to gear it towards what your show's about. Yeah, I love that. So it sounds like you hit it off. And and uh, like you said, you, you had a different path in mind and that didn't involve it in college. So you went on, you found your path, you've been trailblazing ever since. And you've, I mean, working with uh, TriStar Entertainment. I mean, I remember that company. They were, they're huge. They're everywhere. So you, you've certainly had that. So wonderful story. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what you do today. Yeah. So today, um, I'll often hold up a script. <laughs> when I lecture, I'll lecture at different organizations and I go, who wants to be a producer? Who's here? And of course, everybody's like, raise their hand, they raise their hand. I'm like, okay, great. Because this is my significant other often, right? 14 hours a day. Now I try to table it down to about 10 uh, sometimes 12, and try to limit it to the five-day week. It's a lot of work. So what I do is I am a film finance expert, self-taught, many, many, many years of listening. I'm still learning and listening. And I have a great roster of investors behind me, very high net worth, young billionaires, a billionaire, a woman who's 64, who's net worth about a half a billion, uh, and money multimillionaires, and they're all unique. I consider yeah. them all friends, some like family, but they're not real family, blood family, but they're family to me. And all of them have done anywhere from two now to seven movies with me. And the reason why I think they keep reinvesting is because I'm not a hat in the hand girl. Yeah. I'm not on what I call the do not disturb me ever again list, which I have a number of those guys on. They don't care. Uh, they take the money and they run. I call them to take the money and run, guys. Yeah. Um, I actually care, and I'm very meticulous how I pick a movie, what the genre is, who's in it, who's directing it, who's distributing it, uh, or bringing all those elements to the movie myself with our own in-house films. So we're doing a lot. I've got a movie, as I just talked about, with Anthony Hopkins. Then I roll into our own movie that I own with CAA, a Bird's Eye. It's about sexpionage. It's a program that Putin implemented um, and heightened with the KGB to infiltrate the U.S. 
the UK at the time, plucking out these beautiful young men and women from high school and colleges and really telling them they were athletic, intelligent, beautiful, that they were there to serve Mother Russia. It was an honor telling their families. And of course, once they got in, they couldn't get out, getting the secrets, government secrets, the, the art of seduction and assassination. And these are based on true life stories. And we're starting that in March. And then I roll into a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch, producing one of the biggest stars in the world. Um, the last one, Doctor, I think it was Doctor Strange in the Multi-Universe of Madness and the Power of the Dog. He's also producing uh, called Morning, a beautiful film. We're doing that in Cologne. I have another movie with two giant stars, but we're going to announce at the Berlin Film Festival in a couple weeks. Uh, I can't announce that we're going to do that in Prague. So Budapest, Cologne, Germany, Prague. So uh, Ireland, there's a lot all over the world that this profession can take you to, which is exciting in itself. We try to maximize tax incentives, be risk aversive for your investment, tax incentives and tax rebates. And those are basically our soft loans that recoup after the investor. These are monies provided in each state, not every state in America. And many, most countries now, not all of them, have that uh, so that you'll come and film there and that they give you millions of dollars. Like one movie we're doing for 12 million with giant stars. Five million of it is soft money, is it our, our monies that are given to us by the government. So it's very exciting and it's good for the investor. Absolutely. That's that's phenomenal. And, you know, speaking about investors, um, typically what can an investor expect when when they work with you about how long do they typically invest and and uh, some of some of those metrics as well? Stay with us. We'll be right back. AI is changing the game of business. Will you be on the winning team? I'm Jordan Wilson, the host of the Everyday AI podcast and your coach to help you learn the X's and O's of AI. Artificial intelligence isn't just a new player in the game, it's a new sport altogether. So if you don't quickly put AI into play, your competitors will run up the score. I've spent my whole life building winning teams from coaching basketball to working with big players like Nike and Jordan brand. My next move helping you win with Everyday AI. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or on everydayaipodcast.com. Let's tap into AI together and put points on the board. Great question, Ryan. You're a good interviewer. So let me tell you that uh, generally the coupon time, the turnaround time for the investment, it depends. Is the movie in pre-production? Is it going right away? Maybe it's in principal photography. I have a movie right now that I'm looking at with Russell Crowe. It's in principal photography, starts next week, but they need a gap piece. That's Mm -hmm. a great time to get an investor in because they don't have to wait so long. It's generally a year from the start of principal photography. So don't forget, we have pre-production. That's generally depends on the movie. It could be four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, up to 12 weeks. On the movies where I specialize in the arena are generally sort of the eight to $30 million range. Okay. We have big cars attached. I have a movie coming out with Liam Neeson in two weeks, 2000 screens in America, right? Liam Neeson playing the Philip Marlowe crime drama series, right? But we shot it in Spain and Ireland because we maximized the tax incentives. Uh-huh. So what can an investor expect? I'd say I'd like to give it more conservative view. I'd like to give it the 18-month view of the turnaround of the investment. Hmm. But there's also bridge loans, Ryan. Bridge loans where they can make 
12 and a half to 15% return higher than the bank. Yeah. Okay. They can make that return by just putting up a bridge and getting paid out first when the wow. movie starts pre-production or principal photography, or there's equity. I specialize a lot with my incredible investors and each one is unique. I bring each one different projects, rarely not the same. They're so different. They're all US-based, but that's not true. I have some in Dubai now. The bottom line is generally it's a 20% return on the equity. And what is the equity? The equity is sitting first out against domestic or it's sitting back behind the senior piece, the collateralized loan against the sales on domestic or international. That piece, you get the highest rate, that 20% return. Plus they get what we call the real estate, the back end points, right? That's the contingent compensation. So they not only, let's say they put a million dollars in, we'll just use that figure for a second. Then they would get 1.2 million back, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Plus if they have five points, they would get all the revenues, mobile, airline, digital, AVOD, um, streaming, theatrical, if there is, PVOD, premium, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It doesn't yeah. stop. Wow. And that's in perpetuity, by the way, Brian. Wow. That's phenomenal. So I could see why uh, a lot of your investors stick with you. That's phenomenal. Not only do you do these crazy, uh, or not crazy, but incredible things uh, with incredible people, incredibly talented people, I would say yourself included. But um, you're also able to do what this business is designed to do, which is to generate a profit. And so not only do you have all of the industry knowledge, but you're also a finance expert within this industry, which I would say um, is a pretty short list of, of you and, and maybe a few other people that can straddle both both areas. So absolutely. Well, one of the things, if you're a real, this is sound smug, if you're a producer that sure. really works hard, mm-hmm. hires the crews, develops it, or come in, there's really, I wear three caps, sure. right? Yep. There's executive producer where you'll see some of my credits are executive. That's where I mainly brought more money in, or some of it was packaged, meaning stars were attached or a star was attached, or a big director. Then I brought in a piece of the equity or mezzanine because I went through it. What is mezzanine? Think yeah. about it like a theater, right? So the equity is sitting right in that front row, yep. okay? The mezzanine, just like it sounds, is sitting right behind them. And there's the senior lender. So I would say that um, you, why they're sticking with me is because I also mandate a bond company, yep. There's top bond companies, FFI, Media Guarantors, um, Unify. All of those are top bond. But I also mandate, which is the most important thing here, called a CAMA. It stands for Collection Agency Management Agreement. Okay. My daddy owns the biggest company in the world. They did 350 movies over the last year and a half. Hmm. Okay. They're the accounting firm, number one for films. Also, Vintage House is quite good. Okay. Very, not really any others uh, that I would work with. I like to work with Freeway. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Well, the investor actually gets to go in and it's called dashboard accounting. Mm-hmm. So they actually get to go in and log in in a portal, right? I make sure the investor is a beneficiary that can have access to the portal or a signatory. Okay. What does that mean? The camera rules. So you're you're in the waterfall there your investments in there, and your points. So you get to see in real time what just was made in Malaysia, what was made in Germany, what was made in UK and France and Italy. You get to see in real time. There's no guessing. 
Now, on the domestic side, if you have a Sony deal or Warner Brothers or Paramount, and it's a major studio, they have their own accounting system. It'll still flow through the camera, but it's a little harder. But if you go with the Lionsgate, an open road, uh, any of those mini majors, right, new relativity, any of that, they'll go through the camera or the boutiques will go through the camera. It's important. So if the movie does well, you get to see everything. The investor gets to log in and see their revenues in real time coming in. If it doesn't do well, you can explain it. Here's the the repercussion. Not every movie will do well. And if an investor, if, if a producer guarantees your money back, get up and walk out of that room, okay? Mm, yep. However, a person to guide you understands about the ROI analysis, the performa, the sales estimates, what kind of genre it is. Don't get enamored just because Rob, I just finished a movie with Robert De Niro and Jamie Foxx, but that's a great movie. It's an action thriller about a hot topic, PTSD and the government, right? And a great director did Lincoln Lawyer and all these other, but don't get enamored by just that. You never know, you know, what could happen. So as we round third base, I'm just wondering, maybe if you have some uh, tips that you can leave some of our listeners around the world of just what you've learned from your amazing experience, maybe you can help us understand from all of this, what has it taught you? And maybe you can carry that forward of what uh, you can teach some of our fans. Well, I definitely want to carry it forward. I mean, you know, one of the most important things is to give back. And um, the reason I'm doing much I'm doing is for personal reasons for animals and things like that. That's a whole nother show. But uh, for me, I do like to be a role model. I definitely have what I would say. I love working with guys, by the way, (laughs) you know, I'm like, Oh, I want to work with women, but I do have sort of an army of, of young women that are worked under me that are really Mm -hmm. doing kicking butt. And I've taught them everything I know. And uh, they are, (laughs) There's three I can name right now that are just doing great. So I'm really proud of that. Um, And giving back. And I think the other way is in the medium of using this powerful medium and putting a message out. Battle in Seattle that I did with Charlize Theron about the World Trade Organization. Worth with Stanley Tucci and um, Michael Keaton, you know, about Ken Feinberg's story about the 9-11 Compensation Fund. He was hired by the insurance companies to do as little as he could for the victims' families. But the arc was he went to the other side and helped them all. You know, I'm looking to um, even to I've got two offices, but this one here, the 55 steps about how a young woman, Eleanor Reese, works from the inside. She institutionalized herself. Great question. And nobody's asked me that before. Leave it to you. You're so smart. So, (laughs) no, it's important. Um, I know guys running around and women, but mostly guys running yep. around. The, I call them the hat. Well, I call them a few things. But <laughs> what I can say on air is the hat in the hand guys, the hat in the hand, the, they don't care. Or they'll take the money and run guys or yep. modern day pirates. And I put them on what I call do not disturb me ever again list. Um, That's right. One of the worst things you can say to me because I have such high net worth investors is, and I've had this recently, it was at the American film market. And yep. I had, you know, probably... 40 meetings. It's like speed meeting, speed, you know, speed dating for meetings. <laughs> and uh, one of the people said, Oh, look, I'm going to introduce you to so and so. This is a billionaire. They don't care if they get their money back. And I thought, I'm never going to work with you. I didn't say that, but I knew that I wasn't going to. Because one of the things that's important here is first and foremost rule is treat their money as your own. Mm. Demand the bond. 
to be completion bond guarantor. Spell it out. Completion bond guarantor. The bond company. It completes the film. Demand to have a camera, right? Demand to be meticulous. Not only the camera, but you're all the way through post. How's it going? All the way through the music. How's it going? All the way through the K1s or the 1099s, whatever it is. Don't forget them. So many people take the money, pat them on the head. Thanks so much. You can't get them back. And I've Mm. had producers before try to do that to me, but I, it's my investors. So if I'm considered a bit of a pit bull, also I rescue pit bulls. So I'm fine with that. Call me one, but I'm going to protect them first and foremost. Also, if it's the investor's money and you don't own the project, you're not the lead producer, give them the back end points, give them the contention compensation, give them the real estate. Mm. I almost never take it. Okay. Unless it's my own movie where I'm justifying the points, give them. The other is make sure that you're doing an ROI analysis or performer. Really look at this, you know, look at the sales estimates, who's involved in it, who's selling the movie internationally, who's the distribution company. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a couple distribution companies. I'm not going to name them, but I will not work with them because the investors never see their money back. I put that in the contract specifically, will not use these companies. Uh, but that's by learning and doing yeah and you know there's certain people one movie we just uh got in on i knew the producer and i said i won't work with him and they finally figured him out ousted him out and i came in on the money um you know it's very important that they're treated well that they get the right percentage if it's equity 20 percent. if it's mezzanine it's 15 to 17 sometimes 18 percent on their money if it's a senior loan or a gap, it's 15, 12 and a half to 15. If it's a bridge loan, about 12 and a half to 15, depending how badly they need the bridge. Yeah. So I think it's making the wise choices, giving everything as risk aversive as possible yeah. to the investor while enjoying this. And also, hey, you want to have fun and experience it. So I'm always, always caring that the investor needs to be able to go out to set if they want to for a few days always at least three to four days, three nights, be around. If you can't have dinner with the star and some of the crew, uh, the producers or a lunch, if not, but hopefully you can get some pictures with the star. Also the red carpet when it comes up. These are things. Also get them a poster for their office. For gosh sakes, how difficult is that? So these are the little perks and the fun things while they enjoy the process because everybody loves movies. Yes. But, you know, this is a business, film mm-hmm. business. Get their That's money right. back. You can't guarantee it, but you better do everything you can and make these wise choices to do so. And my investors will get on the phone and be able to say, yes, she is. That's why we keep. I mean, the investor I'm doing Bird's Eye with, this is our seventh movie since 2019. That's incredible. And you know, one of the things you've taught me, uh, I guess it would relate to this, is make sure that you come with a fully packaged deal to your investors' first That's contact. Right. That thing needs to have a bow on it, the script, the financing, the actors, the... <laughs> and this applies. So we're talking about your industry, but we're also not. We're talking about any industry, venture capital, yeah. private equity. Yeah, Do great. Not, Exactly. So to Mary's advice that she taught me, I'm extending it. So I'm doing you a favor. This is where I heard it from. So Mary, make sure that when you step in front of an investor, and we all do, if we're running, whether you're a startup or a fund, make sure that you've got that full package figured out. This is how Mary does it. This is why she's risen to the top of her industry. I would, you didn't say that. I certainly see it that way. You know, doing that, getting in front of the investors, make sure 
absolutely make sure that you do what Mary does to get them to stick with you long term is, hey, remember on our first contact, I had it all figured out. Here's the financing. Here's when it's going to be done. Here's all the details you're going to need to know. Any questions? You know how impressive that is? I've had people do that to me. Blows my mind. And your first thought as an investor is, I'm never going to let this person out of my sight. Like they're, they're, right. they're phenomenal. They got it figured out. This right. is a winner. And so, also, so doing just be very honest with them. Always give yeah. them the opportunity to say no. I always say a fast no is second to a yes. And the yeah. other thing is, uh, a lot of them come with big attorneys. Befriend the attorney. Do yeah. right by this. Let them know they can trust you and work with them. I not only do that, but I do all the due diligence. If I don't own the movie, we go through the copyright, chain of title, the sales agreement, the star's long forms. You have to do it all. It's a yeah. lot of work. It's a yes. lot of work. It's not so glamorous. Everybody sees the red carpet. That's where the uh, investor should go. Yeah. Everybody sees the set. The investor should come in. Mm. But it's also a lot of work. And trust is earned on this. So, you know, it's exciting. And, um, you know, all of my investors are different. They, one owns a currency company. It's a couple. One through a divorce. One is an, a billionaire to a food empire. Mm. Um, you know, they're all one from a cable huge company. They're all different. But one thing that is the same is take care of them. Be transparent. Give them an opportunity to say why they shouldn't do the project, but here's really why you should, why this made it to the top. Listen, I turned down financing, I'll say this, on the Whitney Houston movie, mm. okay? Now, it didn't do well in America. It's doing well overseas. I'm not going to go into specific details, but I felt the investment was very risky um, for what I was looking at for my investors. That's right. And believe me, it was a big, shiny coin. They have the whole Whitney Houston catalog. They have Clive Davis behind them. And I thought the budget was big. So for me, not for somebody else, it just wasn't what I wanted to say yes to. I turned down a Brad Pitt, Harry Styles movie because the script wasn't good. I didn't get blown away by, the, of course, those mm -hmm. two amazing actors. The actors are great, yeah. Yeah, so you have to look at everything. And you also mm -hmm. have to make sure your um, your your client, your your financial investor doesn't get enamored for the wrong reasons because they may lose their money in the end if they do. Wow, that is phenomenal. Now I know I know you're you're a busy lady and you've been very generous to spend a few minutes with us and our fans around the world. So you know if I could speak on behalf of all of our fans around the world, thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us your success stories and everything that we do. So just to summarize everything, getting investors to stick with you, have a fully packaged plan, make sure that you come to them prepared. And also, I love what you said, be the pit bull for your investors. They will love you for it. You treat their money like it's your own. You fight all the way to the end. Obviously, you can't provide guarantees. But the one thing they will never question is how hard you fought for them. That is phenomenal advice for anyone managing any asset or money for anybody. Do what Mary does. Get final products in front of your investors. Produce uh, award-winning content, bring them along for the ride, show them the show, show them your product, whatever it is you're building, give them, give them a sample of what their money has done. This is absolutely brilliant advice. And I could see why Mary is a pro. You do these things and you too will be well on your way in your pursuit of making billions. What a show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave a comment and review on new ideas and guests you want me to bring on for future episodes. Plus, why don't you head over to YouTube and see extra takes while you get to know our guests even better. 
And make sure to come back for our next episode where we dive even deeper into the people, the process, and the perspectives of both investors and founders. Until then, my friends, stay hungry, focus on your goals, and keep grinding towards your dream of making billions.